0: Um, Today's topic is Chavkimel, and we uh, did the Mishnah yesterday. Uh, we started at the top of Chof-Gimmel three lines. And I should mention one thing I forgot to mention yesterday. We had looked at the whole discussion about the Schach at two layers and using an idea of love or Chavor Rami to combine the two layers. Um, Rashi <clears throat> there emphasized that the problem was was that at two different layers, um, there, was a more, there was a lot of sunlight. And then in particular the is that even when you virtually combine it, even though it's not really providing shade, because in some virtual reality it is, that's enough. Um, Toslitz makes two interesting points that I failed to mention. One is that um, he says, we would not judge the question, this is always the question, how do you judge if it's providing shade? Where are we assuming the sun is? So Tozlitz says, when we have to measure whether the tzach provides shade, we're assuming the sun is directly overhead, not at an angle. And therefore... It's case. Well, well, okay. That's All right. Anyway, as much as directly overhead possible. And Tozlitz says, therefore, if the sun is directly overhead, even if you have the tzach at two layers, not, it's not so much as getting through. Now, again, let's not get into the whole debate how true that is or not. But anyway, but the first important point Tozlitz makes is, is that you judge the issue of shade when the sun is directly overhead. So he says... The issue here is not that the sun is getting through. The issue here is just, can you consider these two layers to be one schach or not? You know, because each schach by itself is not sufficient. They're only sufficient combined, and they actually are providing shade. But are they one roof, or are they two roofs? Um, and therefore, that's what Tosa says, using <coughs> the idea of Lovar or Chavot Rami. The reason that's interesting and important is because then, using the principle from Olos where you consider it to be one ohel, is much more directly relevant. There's no issue of shade. We've got the shade covered. Excuse the pun. (laughs) The shade is fine. The only issue is, is it one or two separate roofs? And therefore, these principles, right, ohelos, are much more directly relevant. So I just wanted to point out that approach of tosos, which uh, makes the Gemara more, uh, you know, simpler. Anyway, let's take a look now where we pick up on the top of Chafkimol Aleph in the Gemara three lines down. Um, the Mishnah said that if you make a sukkah on the on a wagon or on a boat, it's kosher and you can go up onto it in yuntiv Because uh, as opposed to a tree or an animal, where you cannot get into it on yuntiv because you can't climb a tree or you can't be, climb an animal, get on, use a tree or use an animal on yuntiv. Okay, so first we're going to look at the issue of the boat or the wagon. So the Gemara says like this: Money mustn't who's our Mishnah like? Revi Akiva he. It's Revi Akiva. It's a tani, we talking in the up. Hosea Sukkah's Barosh let's say you make your Sukkah at the top of a boat. Um, I always wonder what the word Barosh Hasfina means. I guess it means not at a lower level, but you know, at the at the top level of the boat. Rebbe Gamaliel posa, Rebbe Gamaliel says it's invalid, Rebbe Akiva maachi, Rebbe Akiva says it's kosher. Maisa, now there's a story, Rebbe Akiva and Rebbe Akiva were on a boat, and it was Sukkah on Rebbe Akiva, but also Sukkah Barosh Hasfina. Rebbe Akiva got up and he made a Sukkah at the top of the boat. Uh the Mahar the next day. Ruach, w- the Ruach A wind blew The Akarata And it tore down the sukkah so Rabbi Gamliel Gamliel said to him Akiva Hechan zukhascha. Akiva Where's your sukkah You're going to love it Anyway So of course The interesting question is So what does it mean It means that Rabbi Gamliel You know They didn't dwell in the sukkah I mean I guess not You know I mean it's the Drachen, Which is another Interesting question Right, right? Why aren't they Put in the sukkah Because uh, you know of that Or whatever We'll see about Drachen later but I guess Rabbi Leo figured, look, look I'm not going to be Yosei with such a sukkah, so it's not even worth building it. What so, you know, you're an honor. What's
1: what's uh,
0: <laughs> right. So, but, but you want to mind about Ruach. You, no, Kola <laughs> Nechalim, Yeah, but anyway. Um, so, but, um, but um, okay, fine. So Rabbi Lem says presumably felt that even before the winds came, you would not have been Yosei. So let's see why not. So, Everybody would agree that if you build a sukkah that's not strong enough to withstand a normal wind on dry land, then that's not a sukkah. I mean, it's, it's, it has to be dira's awry, but not so awry that, it can't, that, that it's completely fragile. So, if it can't withstand the normal wind of land, then it's not considered a, you know, a dira at all. Loklumu. What? That sukkah's blow down. Yeah, well, yeah. yeah but, so, that, so that's if it's an unusual wind. So and if it can withstand uh, even an unusual wind on dry land, like a strong wind, uh, so obviously if it can withstand even the strongest wind, everybody we the crush it. Those are the two extremes. Can't withstand a normal and can withstand a strong. The question is the middle case. Um keep league, what's the debate? Now there's a question of the girsa. Our guess is It can't withstand an unusual wind on dry land. But if you look beside some of the girsa beruch it can't withstand a normal wind on the sea, which is assumed to be the same. Meaning the assumption is is that you know the you know the winds are much stronger out in the ocean. And the assumption is is that a normal wind in the ocean is the same sort of strength as a (laughs) as a very unusual wind on the dry land so can a sukkah that cannot withstand that is it kosher or not Um, you need for it to be a permanent structure and now it explicitly says if it can't withstand a normal wind on the ocean low, loquumi it's not good and even if, even if it, the wind hasn't blown yet even if you're sitting in it it doesn't count as a sukkah because it doesn't have that strength No, it's enough to be a temporary dwelling. And as long as it can withstand a normal wind on the dry land, even if it cannot withstand an unusual wind on dry land or a normal wind on the ocean. Now, this is a little bit strange because it's one thing if you build your sukkah on dry land and you say, okay, the sukkah is good under normal conditions, but you know, if there would be a strong wind, it would blow down. So, then you could understand saying, fine, but in the normal conditions it'll last, it only has to be a diras it's fine. Unless you really want to call it like a diras keva, then you're going to say, oh, but it can't withstand, you know, unusual winds and you can't call it permanent because it can't really last over a long period of time, eventually there'll be a strong wind. That's a you could understand. But if you're building your sukkah on a boat and you're in you're in the ocean, right? That's very strange, right, that Rebbe Akiva would say, look, since were it on dry land, it would be able to, you know, stand, therefore, it's good. Even though right now we're on the ocean and it can't withstand a normal wind on the ocean. Shouldn't context matter? Shouldn't shouldn't we say that in this context you can't call it a -A -A deartharai because it will never stand more than a few hours, you know, never stand more than a day here on the boat in the middle of the ocean? So it's very strange the idea that Rebbe Akiva would say, since if were on land, it would be a good enough structure. It remains a good enough structure even even in the middle of the ocean. Yes. Robin Doniel seems to imply that you can't build a sukkah on a on a ship. It doesn't seem to imply. Think, he says it. Yeah. I mean, I mean, you can build it. You're not Yotse. Well, that's what I mean. Yeah. Right. So why? Yeah. Why, why do you? So, why, so, yeah. So he would assume he would be saying that if you're taking a trip on a ship you can't fulfill limits for the sutra. Right. You're okay. an honest. Yeah. Okay. Why is there no teiku here, What should the taiku be? This is a mahoka Savyki Varangam Leo. That's it. In other words, they're not going to Teiku has taken to another level, level. no no is when we ask a question that we don't have we don't have any um, like any Wait, any no. evidence to to bring to either side here. Machria, no, no 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 is not a debate that we can't be Machria. Because a debate that we can't be so yeah, fine. We have two opinions. That now at least we know what the positions are. Take because right. we ask a theoretical question, and there's no evidence to bring towards to to, to get any further than the asking. Uh, you know, so the, the it's, it's
1: not the conceptual machlokid; it's the application of a principle to a case. Um, I don't. We I don't a case, and we don't know how to rule.
0: No, no, you don't use take when you don't know how to rule. Use take when you say. Are we talking about what would be this case? You know, you tell me a halacha, and I say, yeah. But what would be if da 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 da? da. You know, what is this? What is that? So, the, so yeah, I don't know. Like, there's no evidence. We have no, we have no textual sources. We have no analytic way of of, of getting at it. So but why it's you not do you have the same as not knowing how to rule. Because not knowing how to rule is that you have a debate because it's just you don't use teku. I mean, you don't know how to rule is is is. is I mean. Either one, you're sort of stuck, but you but is a word used for when there's no... Um, when it's a theoretical question, it's not something that is two sides and you can't decide between the two sides. It's a hypothetical, and you don't know how to how to get any more deeper into addressing the hypothetical. Okay. Okay. All right. So anyway, so this is what we have that the says. The debate is that it can't withstand a normal wind, but again, that's a more understandable debate on dry land. How you know how much does it have to be able to withstand unexpected winds? Um, and it's a little less understandable, you know, in the case. I mean, by the way, you know, when I was in South Florida. You know, and you had like a hurricane season yeah. or whatever, you know, it could be that in that, you know, that would be somewhat similar. At that time of year, the normal winds were very strong winds, yeah. you know. So it's a funny to think, again, that when you're on the ocean and those are the normal winds, that it could still be a kosher sukkah. But it is a more understandable debate, at least on dry land. Okay, now the Gemara goes on. So that was the issue about being on the boat. It's not exactly clear what the issue was about being on the wagon. Um, but, uh, Rashi says that it has to do with the fact that also that the wagon moves around, you know, and it, it jostles, so it's not so uh, stable. So it's, it's also it doesn't so it's not so stable. But anyway, now we move on to the issue about on a camel or on a tree. It's uh, good, but you can't uh, go up to an on because you can't uh, use an animal or use a uh, tree on yontif. So Zemora says, "Masnisi and Who's our mission? It's going like Rabbi Meir to tie be tightening the price up. Osez gabi If you make your sukkah on an animal, Rebbe Meir, Master says it's kosher. Rabbi says it's pasul. My time is Rebbe Yehuda. What's he doing, Rabbi Rebbe Amar the puzzle says, You should make for yourself a sukkah for seven days. Sukkah haru yelushiva, sh'ma sukkah, that only if it's fit for all seven days does it count as a sukkah. yelushiva, lo sh'ma sukkah, if it's not fit for seven days, it's not good. So not fit for seven days means that if you make it um, and you can't use it on yomshiv, it's not fit for all seven days. Okay? Now, it's an interesting question. Let's say you made it during Cholomoed. Right? that That's, uh, maybe it could stand for seven days, but it wasn't usable for all seven days of yuntiv because you only made it during Kholamo'i. So we'll actually see about that. We actually have seen that in the past. But here the point is, since it cannot be used on Yuntiv um, it's not a legitimate sukkah. It's not fit for all seven days. Rebimeyer. Now, interesting, the Gemara doesn't say that Rabbi Meir fundamentally disagrees. It doesn't have to be fit for seven days. No. Fundamentally, he agrees. You're right. It does have to be fit for seven days. But biblically, it is fit to use on anyantivs, because there's no biblical problem with going up a tree or on an animal on anyantiv. It's the rabbis who made an edict to not allow going up on a tree or going on an animal on anyantivs. So therefore, just because there's a rabbinic restriction in your way, does not mean in some, you know, in, in some abstract sense, um, it is not fit for all seven days. It is theoretically fit for all seven days. It's just that the and so from the Torah's perspective, it's a totally kosher sukkah. It's just the rabbis prevent me from using it. Again, it's interesting that, says that they both agree to that principle and we could ask the question what if you built a sukkah on holomoed, right? Now again, yeah, that might be different. That's the type of sukkah that structurally could theoretically be used all seven days you just built it late. This is something that in the way it exists is not able to be used on Yuntiv. But anyway, it is interesting this idea that the, the frames it as that they both agree in principle it needs to be able to be used for all seven days. Okay, now with Lubeh- do a Dofimu Sukkah. Let's say this is making your entire sukkah independent of the animal or the tree. But the, well, well, we'll talk about animal for now. We'll worry about tree later. And putting it on the animal. Okay? But let's say you actually use the animal for one of the pieces of your sukkah. You use your animal for the wall of your sukkah. Okay? I so, I'm sure they do have a picture there. All right. Yeah, I so I
1: was sitting at the
0: end of the table. What happened? Okay. All right. <laughs> <Anyway. laughs> so, the posts a Mayor says it's no good, Rebu the Machia, Rebu says it's good. Saya Rebbe Mayor Omer, Rebbe Mayor used to say, Coldovashbo hayim." anything that is alive. Um, ain't osteno lo lo you cannot make it a wall of a sukkah, lo lechi le maboy, or a lechi for a maboy, right? Let's say you wanted to, I don't know what you would do. You would take an ape, and you'd have it stand, you know, at the, at the opening of your maboy, and you'd have to use it as a lechi, okay? Uh, so, lo lechi le maboy, the lechi is the post, you know, at the third wall of the maboy. You need either a post or a beam. The low pasim be raot, pasim are the corners. You have a well, and you want to be able to draw, which is rishos hayachid, draw from the well on Shabbos. You, make, you don't make up the walls around it. You make like the four corners of it. You know, two perpendicular, yeah. you know, perpendicular angles at all four corners, and that allows you to draw from the well. Well, don't use animals for those corners for those mini walls. The little golel a tether, And you cannot use it as a golel for a ke- for a grave, which m- either means like a cover for the grave or a headstone for the grave. We'll see that the whole debate. Rashi tells us exactly what a golel is. Um, anyway, you cannot use it for any of these things. Mishumrib Yosef Lili Amru, in the name of Yosef the Lili, they said, You even can't use it for a get. Okay, you go ahead and you take your animal and you, uh, you know, why bother skinning it and making cloth just right uh-huh. straight on the animal's skin? Okay. Now, um, what is the reason for all of this? Now, to some degree, you like—I mean, to some degree, you know—you could sort of say this, like philosophically, that these things are like, you know, are like live, and they cannot be made into objects. To do it this way, you're basically sort of completely turning them into, you know, you're 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 making them you know, you're having them serve a function that's normally served by inanimate things. And the type not normally served by also, but that is not, you know, that completely, you know, if they were human beings, you would say it dehumanizes them. I mean, I guess we could say it deanimalizes them, you know. It completely makes them into objects and removes their sense of living things. But the Gemara, that's like from a philosophical perspective. And if that were true, you could have come up with a much longer list of things you can't use them for, right? I'm sure we come up with a very long list of things that we need inanimate objects for for halakhic purposes and this list is not all comprehensive so the Gemara is going to have to find more concrete reasons why these are problems to be used in this context well that's clear but that's because it's not cloth but okay anyway let's the get is a bigger Chiddush okay so let's take a look at the Gemara um, um, okay my time is Rebbe Meir what's the reason of Rebbe Meir Abay Amar Shema Tamut we're afraid the animal will die, and if it dies, then it won't. You know, it'll you, you won't have your tent wall, or you won't have your lechi. It'll fall on the ground. What okay. The well, okay. The expert <laughs> was about to ask that. Okay. Okay, but anyway, I know that doesn't explain all the things. Like, what's the big deal with if, if a get is written on it? You know. But for most of these things, it's partly it's about it's being standing up, and the way it's standing helps create that structure you need—the corners for the well, or the post, or the wall for the sukkah. So if it dies, that then you'll lose it. Um, Reb Zerah, um, Reb Zayra says, Shem your faith will run away. So the mother says like this, let's see a afghanina. The peel kosher, if it's a tied up elephant, there you go, so if it's tied up, it won't run away, and if it's an elephant, even if it dies, it'll be, you know, its body will still serve as the wall. So, Kuleyama lo Nobody would disagree. Dinami maiz. If it would die, yesh beniv latoyud. Even if its carcass will give ten tfachin. And we're not afraid to run away because it's tied up. Ki pligi. When would they debate p'pil she'enokashur? An untied elephant. Remandav HaShem Lo Lo If the only concern is death, so we're not afraid. Because even if it dies, you'll still have your ten tfachin but the one that says we're afraid it'll run away we would still be afraid because it's an untied elephant so the the Gemara says wait, that doesn't make sense even if you said the reason is you're afraid it'll die how could you not be concerned that it'll run away you've got an untied animal here of course you should be concerned it'll walk away so the Gemara says you know what, you're right Nobody disagrees by an (coughs) untied elephant. The one who says maybe it'll die is not only concerned it'll die. Obviously, you have to be concerned it'll run away. He's just also concerned it'll die. So if it's untied, everybody agrees it's a problem. Everybody is concerned it'll run away. The debate is not by an elephant, which is never going to be a problem if it dies, and if it's untied, everybody agrees it's a problem, it'll run away. The debate is an animal, a normal-sized animal that is tied if you're afraid not only that it'll run away you're also afraid that it'll die so this is the problem the animal will die and you won't have your tent but if your only concern is that it'll run away we're not so the everybody has to naturally be concerned that it'll run away an untied animal so if it's untied everybody agrees it's a problem if it's tied, that's where the debate is. guy says, we're still concerned it'll die. And Rebbe, who was it? Rebbe Yossi, who was it? Um, yeah. Rebbe Zerah says, no, we're not concerned it'll die. I'm only concerned it'll run away. So if it's tied up, it's not a problem. So the Gemara says, Okay, so you just got through saying everybody's concerned it could run away. Why isn't everybody concerned it'll die? If your concern is like Rebbe Zera, it'll run away. You should also be concerned it'll die the Gemara says, no. death, is not so common. An untied animal, what's it naturally going to do? It's going to walk away. But the likelihood that the animal will drop dead on you over this Shabbos or over this Sukkot, whatever you're using the animal for, is a very distant concern, and therefore we do not have to be concerned about it. Okay. Um... Um, Rabbi Katz likes telling a story about a guy that goes to Rebbe and says, Rebbe, I just, you know, I'm so afraid that I'm going to die. So just, You don't have to be afraid. You are. <laughs> 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 well, what, what do you think the Gemara is concerned?
1: The Gemara is posing a theoretical. <laughs> <laughs> not theoretical. Do you think they really use animals?
0: What I don't think they use it. Well, I'll say this: I don't think they use animals, but I think the Gemara likes, you know, talking. You know, that's part of the fun is exploring these hypotheticals. I will say though that uh, somebody, I think it was Jeffrey Rubenstein at NYU. I think he wrote a doctoral dissertation where he, where his his argument was. I never read it, but this is what I understand. His argument was was that the reason we find um, a lot of these discussions in the Gemara about like. Good ASIC and good achis and all these things is, is that there was a scarcity of building materials available. So they had to deal with those, with the cases <coughs> where you did not, when, you know, where you did not have all the, you know, the whole wall going all the way up and all those types of cases. So maybe somebody did think, "Hey, you know, here I am. I'm a, you know, I'm a farmer. I've got whatever. I've got all my these sheep around, but I, I, you know, I don't have any spare lumber. But anyway, I don't think it was. I think that it was more of a hypothetical. Even though one could imagine that it was a that they act. It sometimes did happen in fact. If, okay. it's, if
1: it's a hypothetical, then what they're invoking in the conversation is um, a level of anxiety uh-huh. as a litmus test for whether it's. It's, you know, right. Keva or
0: right. Well that's a good question. I didn't spell that out. Meaning what is the issue if we are concerned it will die? Meaning we just got through with the idea that if it can't withstand an unusual wind, is it a good sucker or not a good sucker? So you could say, well, if it might die, that's like that's not a de earth keva, because right. it could it, like it's like not being able to withstand an unusual right. wind. Right. That's not the way Rashi explains it in the Gemara also though it was only one place, used the word gazela. And the concern less seems to be like it's not a a stable enough structure because it might collapse. So you could frame it that way, like the Gemara about the wind. But it seems to be more of a concern like it, the animal will drop dead and you won't be paying attention and it will become puzzle and you'll use the sukkah without realizing it has become puzzle. Or you'll carry in the Mubway without realizing it has become puzzle. That is the way, at least the word gzerah seemed to indicate, and that's the point that Rashi underscores. But you do make a very good point. Given the Gemara before about the wind, you could have just said the whole sukkah is therefore unstable. Okay, so the Gemara now says like this, I was waiting for somebody to ask this question, how could you have used your animal for a wall of the sukkah? What about the space underneath the body between the legs? Right? So, I don't understand, even before it died, how is it a good sukkah? So the Gemara says, All right, you filled that up with some type of a bushes or whatever. You had some material there between the legs of the animal that helped, make, that helped fill up that gap. So the Gemara says, Maybe it'll crouch down, okay? So I still don't get it something it? okay you say, "Oh, you're not afraid it'll die. Maybe it'll crouch down. Some says. Um, so the Gemara says that no, it's being held up with ro- ropes from above. So basically, you've got this animal, not only is it tied so it doesn't run away, very nice, but you've got it suspended by ropes so it doesn't crouch down, and you've got this area underneath there filled with like bushes. So the Gemara now says the obvious question If you've got it suspended by ropes, so who cares if it dies? <laughs> You've got the whole thing constructed. You've got the gap filled, suspended by ropes. Who cares if it dies or not? So the Bible says no. Sometimes the animal will be getting just within three of the schach. Okay? It won't get all the way up to the schach. Meaning the whole animal from the ground to the top of the animal is, um, you know, is, um, wait a minute. Um, is like only let's say seven and a half tefachim, and then it's within three of the and you say and you say lovud and you get your whole ten tefachim. Okay, so sometimes you have that, um, and but even the and once it dies, kiftsa, it'll shrink a little bit. The lava and you won't pay attention. So meaning it'll get out of the three tefachim of the tfachim, you won't be able to say love it. It's interesting. It gives the example of loved. You could have just said the animal is exactly ten with with you know is exactly ten tefachim off the ground forget how close it is to the schach, right? If it's exactly ten tfachim, and it dies, and now it's nine and a half tfachim off of the ground, then you don't have the wall. For some reason, the Gemara gave the scenario, I don't know why it gave this scenario, but it gave the scenario that here's your animal, okay, and here you filled it up like this, and you got this extended by rope, and here's the schach, and the animal is like, you know, it's like seven and a half tfachim, and then there's two and a half to the schach, right? Because, and so you say, Lovely, so that gives you your ten. Right, and then if it shrinks then you're not gonna be able to stay loved. But I don't get why it just didn't say that the entire contrast and hence fucking and then if it just shrinks a little bit, you lose it. It doesn't matter how close it is to the sky. Either way, that's the point. The point is that it might die and it'll shrink a little bit. But obviously, though, so if it gets to your point about how much of a hypothetical this is, because right. you have to actually translate the hypothetical into the real world, you realize that it's not so obvious how you could use an animal for a, uh, you know, for, for schach. Well, what about the gap? What about the crouches? And once <coughs> it solves all those problems, then your question is, so then what's the issue to begin with? All right, so now is when sounds like this. Um, by the way the point we made before about whether it's a xera or not the two words valavadayte, valavadayte. is indicative it means it's not that because that could happen it's not a permanent sukkah it means that, or it's not a stable enough sukkah it means because it could happen you could accidentally um, you would not notice and accidentally eat in it and not be yose yeah. so it's a concern not about whether the sukkah as a whole could be considered stable but about whether we're concerned that you might you know you, uh, it might lead to a problem um okay in the note table labels are kind of the enemy car. Exactly. Um okay so the Umayama says like this, um, le takna, you don't pay attention to fix it. Oh, now that, uh, maybe uh, that also is particularly in this case, because it's not obvious, if you didn't have it suspended by a rope and it dropped dead, you would notice it more. Now that we've created this very constructed case, it makes more sense why we're concerned that you might not notice it, because it's not such an obvious difference after it dies. It looks, oh, it looks just as good, it's still suspended. <laughs> okay. I don't know why the guests aren't complaining about the smell, but okay. <laughs> uh, probably was pretty smelly even before died. Okay, umia <laughs> Okay now when Rabbi, Rabbi Meir Lenisa, does the really say that Rabbi Meir is concerned about death because now the way we have the debate is Rabbi Meir says he can't use this animal because he is concerned that it will die right because so that was the Brithah the Brithah said that it was what was the Brithah up um Kodavish <laughs> says Rabbi it's good and Rabbi Meir says etc for and the so Rebbe Meir is the one that's concerned it will die is this really Rebbe low highest and Rebbe is not concerned that's the way we explained that, that right talk. is that really true the Hatsanam we taught in the Mishnah Bas Yisrael a Jewish woman who's married to a Kohen because she's married to a Kohen she's entitled to eat truma the Halach Bala Dina her husband went on an overseas journey she can continue eating truma because why isn't she afraid look I don't know where my husband is this was before the age of telephones and emails and he might, uh, he might be dead and I don't know about it so my, why can she continue to eat truma maybe she's no longer the wife of a kohe no it's basically a principle of chazaka he left when he's alive you can assume that he has a chazka chayim if that was his status when he left then you can assume that that status continues to obtain until you know otherwise so he's considered to be alive and she can continue to eat truma one minute the Ramin in the but we then we, we, showed to, we, we showed a contradiction to this, or, or something that seems to contradict it. A man gives a get to his wife and says, This is your get that will take, take effect a minute before I die. The reason to say that is, let's say, to save her from having to do yibum with the brother. Okay? So that minute before I, you become a widow, you'll become a divorcee. It will take effect a minute before I die. Asura uh, Now, if she's a Kohen, she can't eat truma. Why can't she eat truma? Because. Any minute might be. What might any one minute be? She might be divorced. Might any be minute divorced. might be the minute before he yeah. dies. Yeah. He might die in the next minute. So yeah. any given minute could be the minute before he dies. And therefore, at any particular time, she might be divorced. And therefore, she can't eat truma. So this seems to be like uh, yeah, it seems to be an exact parallel case right? Both cases wife of a Kohen in one case she can't she, she can eat through much she can assume he's still alive in another case she can't eat through much she has to be afraid that he'll die in the next minute So you
1: can't so, uh, eat with a sub the right? Right
0: So are we concerned that he is going to die or not? What's the story? So how do you deal with that? The Amar Abaye says Lokasha, it's not difficult. Ha Rebbe Meir, The one that says that she can continue eating truma when her husband is away is Rebbe Meir, who's not concerned about death. Ha Rebbe Yehuda, the The other Rebbe is concerned about death. Where do we see that Rebbe Meir and Rebbe have this debate? Natan, we're talking Somebody who buys wine from Samaritans. You buy and why from Samaritans, you have to assume that they have not taken Trumas and Maestrus. It's even worse than the case of an By an you can assume you can assume that he took Truma, because the Truma is only a tiny bit. By Samaritans you have to assume they didn't even take Truma. So you have to be Mafia's Trumas and Maestrous. Now the point is it's about to be Shabbat, let's say. And I mean there's a big toes to figure out some of the exact details, but it's about to be Shabbat and you don't have the time to be Mafish, Trumas and Maestrus. So what are you going to do? Okay? So you say the following. So because it is not you, um, uh, because you know there's some degree here of a suffix, we, I mean <coughs> it's some degree lenient, it's not like it's sort of vaday <coughs> teppo. You're suspicious that they didn't say Tumut and Mycus, but it's not like it's Vadepo. <coughs> so we give you um, um, you know so we give you a little bit of a leniency. So it says like this. Um, although Rafi does say, I should say, Rafi does say valokmin <speaking> sareka aser vadai, the aval Truma avalatuma so it's not demai; it's worse than demai. But even so, it's not exactly the same as straight tevel. Okay, you don't exactly know the story about this group about this. So we give you a little unity and we allow you to be mafish from mitzvahs without it being um, without it being an actual act of And Here's what you do: so you say the following, Omer, you say, The two log that I will eventually separate off, Harehin truma, then they will be truma. I mean, I'm not doing the now. I'm going to start eating from it as soon as Shabbos begins. But um, on Mosei Shabbos, I will designate two logs And those two lobes that I designate Mosei Shabbos are the two lobes that now I am calling Truma. So I am now saying that two lobes are Truma. Which two logs The two lobes to be named later. The two lobes that I will identify later, but right now I am making them Truma. Aserah shown, ten of them are for our first maser. Assume you, have, you start with 102 units. So you take off two units for Truma. Now you're left with a hundred units. So ten units are Miser, Tisha Miser Sheni. Now you're left with ninety units. So ten percent of ninety is nine. Mm-hmm. So nine more units are now the second master. there. v'sho semiyad. Now what does the word meichol mean? It might mean matchil. Rachi says meichol means you're mechalel. You transfer the kedusha of the Meister Sheni to a coin and then you begin to drink right away. Give it Rebbe Meir. That's what Rebbe Meir says. So basically this is a principle you might be familiar with of breira. You're saying something now but exactly what it refers to will only be defined based on what you do later. And Rebbe Meir says that's fine. We give you that latitude. We say yes, breira and when you don't have the time to be Meister and Meisters right now we let you do that and get away with it and then you can begin using it on Shabbos. Okay, that's what Rebbe Mayer says. Rebbe Huda Rebbe Yas, Shimon, top of Yamadollah.
1: Rebbe means that you always make stipulations now that you will actualize later?
0: No. It means that based on how things happen later, that determines what the status of them was right now, meaning. All right, now, let, let's hold off for bit. we'll get right. to tomorrow. But the basic idea is right now I am designating something, but it's not identifiable right now, but it, it'll be identifiable retroactively based on what happens later. Okay, so based on what's going to happen in the future, retroactively we'll be able to say that's what I was referring to at that time. Um, it's not just something to take place later. That's easier. That's like to give a guess that's halachers right. or something. This is the, what happens later determines what I'm doing right now. Reb Yehuda, Reb Ostring. Reb Rebyosi and Reb Shimon forbid it. Okay, so now what do we have? So we're assuming what's the debate of Rebbe Mayer and Rebbe Yehuda here. So the way Abai is framing it, it's not a debate of Braya or not, it's a debate of are we concerned that um, are we concerned that the wine will all still out? Okay, because at end of this Brighton basically says, aren't you concerned, semi yibaka Hanod? Right? aren't you concerned it's not here we'll get to it later that you have your wine in these barrels it's only going to work if you have wine left over at the end of Shabbos right? only if there's wine left over at the end of Shabbos or actively is that the wine I took as Trimus and Myces. let's say before Shabbos is over all the barrels break and you have no wine left over Okay? so that would be a reason to not let you do this trick Rabbi Meir says, "I'm not concerned about that, right? As we'll see later in the that they're going to say to him, "Are you concerned that the barrels will break?" And he says, "You know what? When it breaks, I'll worry about it." Which means I'm not concerned about it. Like so, right? So exactly. So Abayi says, "What's they're debating? Okay. They're debating like this question about misa. Are we concerned that somebody will die? Are we concerned that something unusual like this will happen?" Rabbi Meir isn't concerned. He lets you do this thing with the wine. Rabbi Yehuda is concerned. So, that for Abaye then became the answer. Are we concerned that this, the husband of, this, of, this, of the Kohen's wife will die? Rebbe Meir isn't concerned. He lets her eat truma when the husband is away on his business trip. Rebbe Yehuda, who is concerned that the barrel will break, is also concerned that the husband will die. And therefore, in the case, he's the author of the case by the Get that won't let her eat because any minute might be the minute before the husband dies. So, are we concerned she will die or not is the debate of Rebbe Meir and Yehuda. There's only one little problem. That that works out very nicely in this case of the wine, and explains the contradiction about can the woman eat trumah or not. The problem is, is that in our case, Rabbi Mayer was the one who said, "I don't want you to use the animal," and Rabbi Yehuda said, "I could use the animal." And now we're saying that Rabbi Mayer is the one who's concerned that the husband will die, and is not concerned that the, that, the, that the husband will die is not concerned that the barrel will break, and Rabbi Yehuda is concerned. So, how, what are you going to do? So let's take a look. Let's take a look at what the Gemara says. April, Zumer says you gotta like re- um, you gotta reverse it. It can't be what you just said. It can't be that Rebbe Mayor isn't concerned and 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 Rebbe is concerned. You have to say Rebbe Mayor Chayish Rabbi Rebbeu Lo Chayish Lunisa, You gotta reverse it. The Tanya Asalabe Medofer Rebbe Mayor Posa, Rabbi Da Machshir. So, you've got, right, because we just have that Rebbe Mayer says that it's no good to use the animal, Rebbe says it is good. And remember, according to, uh, according to Abaye, that was based on a concern that it will die. And here it's the same Abaye that says it's the reverse, that Rebbe Mayer isn't concerned it'll die, uh, that the barrel will break and Rebbe is concerned. So conscience Rebbe Meir, and Rebbe Mayer, so it's a contradiction of Rebbe Mayer and Rebbe Mayer. In one case, he's concerned that the animal will die. In another case, he's concerned, he's not concerned that the barrel will break. Hummer says... I'm Mayor. No No, it's a difference. He says, "You know what? It's not true. I'm concerned that the animal will die. That is a concern I have. This issue about the, uh, about, the, uh, about, about the barrel breaking, and why am I not concerned about that? I'm not contradicting myself that I'm not concerned about, because you know, you can protect barrels from breaking more than you can stop people from dying.
1: A note okay. is a wine skin, right? Isn't it a
0: barrel? Yeah, I'm, ca- I'm saying a barrel, but it's a, right. wi- it's a wine skin. It's right. A note, a note is more a canteen, right. That's correct. I, um, okay. So what the writer says, like, yeah, I was just, whatever. Okay, fine. So the writer says, like this. Let's just finish this point. Constant Yehuda. How about Rebutu is contradicting himself? In our case, he's not concerned that the animal will die. And here he is concerned and doesn't let you, that the, that the wine skin, right, that the, uh, that the flask will break. Right. And he's, uh, he's not going to let you do this thing with the wine. So time, so the Gemara says, no. Time is who Yehuda allowed him from the Chayis of Kiyasanot. But Yehuda doesn't let you do this thing with the wine, not because he's concerned the barrel will break. He's not really concerned with that. Elamishum the <laughs> <"Dolays, laughs> way breira. It's because he doesn't he does he doesn't hold up the whole trick of breira that what happens later will retroactively determine it. So the says, we'll just read a little bit more of the How could you say he's not concerned? How could you say his issue is Brera? His issue is not that the barrel that the that the, the wine flask will break. At the end of it says exactly that. Rebbe Mayor, they said Rebbe Mayor. Aren't you concerned that the lets the, 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 let the flask break? the says that and he will wind up having drenched travel retroactively. So I'm a and he said back to them, you know what? When it breaks, I'll worry about it. Which means I'm not worried about it. you see, the highest of you yes that his objection is because he's afraid. Rebbihuda's objection is that he's afraid that it'll break. So how is it Reb isn't afraid the animal will die and is afraid that the wine flask will break? It's only one wine flask it's all hundred of them will break. There won't be anything left for the Shubhazi Maishas. So G'me says, no. Hassan Reb who the Kamar Rebbe Meir. That was just Reb Yehuda's way of pushing back at Rebbe Meir. She said like this, Lindy D., look, Rebbe Mayer, as far as I'm concerned, Lacely Brera I don't think you can do this at all. I don't hold of the principle of Brera I don't think that just because you, after Shabbos, figure out what you were talking about, retroactively it means that's what you could say you designated before Shabbos. You can't do any retroactive games. I disagree with you in principle. But Ellie Duck, but I wanna, but I wanna even challenge you on your own terms. Even according to you, D.H. Brera that you hold you can do this whole retroactive thing. So, and that's why you allow somebody to do this thing with the wine do you at least be concerned that the flask will break? Says, no I'll worry about it when it happens so what have we said until now we have said that according to Abaye the debate of Rebbe Meir and Rebbe Yehuda by using the animal is are we concerned that the animal will die the problem is it's the same Reb Abaye that sa- that sort of says that there's a debate of Rebbe Meir and Rabbi Judah of Are we concerned that you know that uh, the Cohen will die? Are we concerned that the flask will break? So uh, what the Gemara has now done is it's tried sort of bracketed the Cohen case which we have to get back to and it's tried to say that at least the issue about the flask of wine breaking is not necessarily relevant because there they seem to have reversed their position that you could be concerned the animal will die like Rebbe Mayer and not concerned the flask will break because that's easier to protect against you could be not concerned the animal will die like Rebbe Yehuda and still not like the case of the wine and the flask because you don't hold up this whole idea of retroactive. So the debate about the wine in the flask is not relevant to the debate about whether the animal will die or not. Okay? Braver, because is that's it braver, a braver, is braver, braver is issue, dying, that's something no. to more easy to protect against. What we still haven't done is we still have to go back to this contradiction about the coing, because now we've sort of reversed, now we have Rebu Mayer as the one that is more concerned with death and Rebu is was the one that's not concerned with death. So maybe that's going to how we're going to go back and resolve the issue of the Kohen, but in the reverse way that Abaye initially said. Abaye initially wanted to make the debate of Rebbe May and Rebbe Yehuda about the wine to be a concern of death, but we've now redefined that. That issue of the wine is not about a concern of death or breakage. It's a different type of an issue. It's a braver issue. So we still have this contradiction about the Cohen's wife. That might be Rebbe Meir, Rebbe Huda, but that might be the reverse. That might be the Rebbe Meir, Rebbe Huda that we have by the Sukkah case where Rebbe Meir is the one concerned for death and Rebbe Huda is not the one concerned for death. Okay, so we'll pick up with that tomorrow. Yes.